Amen. Amen. Isn't God good? Early in the morning, God's still good. Praise God. Jesus and coffee, we can do anything. Amen. Praise God. And in that order, <laughs> yes. Amen. I love coffee, but uh, Jesus is higher than that. Praise the Lord. Appreciate the wonderful spirit in one song. Just the presence of the Lord sweeps in among His people, and, and we feel Him, and I'm thankful for that. So thankful for what the Lord did here last night. Wasn't that tremendous? Amen. Just beautiful worship and sincerity and hunger that, uh, that I don't see in, in, in very many places. And I commend you for that uh, lingering time in worship. It's just um, wonderful. Amen. God is doing some tremendous things in Alaska, Yukon District. Thankful for that. And I'm just... Just honored to be with you again this morning. Praise the Lord. Looking forward to all of the rest of the day's uh, services and messages. And so it's my job. I'm like the morning guy on the radio. I'm just trying to get you woke up, get you to work them safely, and tell you where the traffic is. And so uh, anyway, this morning maybe we can just look into the Word of the Lord and just kind of get a little direction and just sort of let God just kick our day off right. I found when I wake up in the morning, if I... If I just will, will stop a little bit, I may be groggy and so forth, but if I'll just begin to think about the Lord, then it just, my day just tends to go better, just leans better, and I take time for prayer and into the Word of God. It just goes so much better. And so we want to want to look into the Word today. How many appreciate the Word of God? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. The Word is, is powerful, describes itself as being sharper than a two-edged sword, discerning. You know, the Word can discern things in our hearts. And, and so we want to dig into that a little bit here this morning. I want to read a scripture that's perhaps familiar, uh, one of the uh, top ten familiar stories in the world, as far as the Bible is concerned, uh, Daniel chapter 3. And uh, we'll start at verse 1. We'll do a little bit of skipping around. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 1. Honored to be here with my, uh, my uh, uh, team, my boss, my bosses, Brother Tony and Brother Hobson. They're just tremendous Christian people and uh, I'm thankful to have Brother Hobson's family, all the family. What a sweet family, wonderful kids. My, my, appreciate them and all the leaders here. God bless you. Glad to be here. Daniel chapter 1 verse, uh, excuse me, Daniel chapter 3 verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, whose height was three score cubits, and the breadth thereof six cubits. Now, I didn't do a, a study to see how exactly how big it is, but let's just say it was great big. He set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. It's interesting to me that Dura actually means dwelling or your home. And you'll often find that the first place that the enemy wants to set up a, a, something that's an image of gold, something to get us sidetracked, is in our home. Idols, if you will, to mess us up. For the sake of time, let me skip down to verse 4. And Harold cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, 
dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, the, worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. I did a little research and I discovered what the band was playing. Great balls of fire. No. <laughs> not really. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Just a possibility. Verse 8. Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. And don't you love those kind of folks that, you know, just want to run and tell and, and you know, accuse and notice that uh, someone's standing out and not being like, you know, everybody else. And so they went to the king and, and, uh, and accused the Jews and spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever thou O king, has made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the, and, and it goes through the list of instruments again, and he said, and whoso falleth not, not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And verse 12 says, and he, there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which were not their Hebrew names. These were names that were given to them in captivity in Babylon. These men, O king, just want to point it out, they have not regarded thee, and they serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Verse 14 says, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that do ye not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? And verse 16 says, They answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand one way or the other. Okay. But if not, everybody say, if not. Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now I'm going to stop reading the story right there because to me that's kind of that kind of is the story because no matter how it works out they made up their mind right there we're going to take a stand right here whether God delivers us or whether he doesn't we're not going to worship your idol we're going to worship the only God we know the one we were raised with the one we know that has answered prayer in our family for many years amen so to them, it was done. I want to talk to you today simply on the subject, the power of taking a stand. There is power in taking a stand. Amen. Why don't we just call upon the Lord one more time this morning, ask him to help us in this Bible lesson today. God, would you touch us and let the word speak to us and give us strength and courage today. Help us, Lord, today we pray. Strengthen someone's heart today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You can be seated. Thank you for your prayer and your worship, attentiveness this morning. 
The Bible says in Ephesians 6 and 13, I did not read this one, I'll read it now. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Do you believe we are facing some evil days? And, and the scripture says, having done all to stand. Having done all. Now all is a whole lot of stuff. All includes all the programs that you can come up with, everything, all the tricks of the trade, everything that we can do. But when you've done all the, of that, there's a power in standing. Living Bible says, to use every piece of God's armor to resist the enemy whenever he attacks, and when it's all over, you will still be standing up. Amen. The power of taking a stand. In 480 B.C., the Persians advanced toward Hellas to conquer the Greeks. They were led by King Xerxes, and they had massive, overwhelming numbers of troops and supplies and technology. But there was a little city-state of the Greek Empire called Sparta, and they were well known for the warriors that they produced. These little boys were trained in the art of war since they were just big enough to walk. The Spartan warrior was and is considered one of the most elite, highly trained soldier of its time and possibly in all of history. And so as the troops were coming, marching toward them, they dispatched 300 Spartans to a little gap between the mountains and the sea called Thermopylae. And that has been interpreted the gates of fire. And they just... They knew that they probably couldn't stop the masses that were coming, but they hoped that they could just slow them down long enough until they could uh, prepare and uh, get ready for what was coming. They really understood that it was a futile mission, but these Spartan soldiers were trained to stand and fight to the death. They hoped they could just hold them for three days possible, but in reality they held them back for seven days they fought until their weapons broke from slaughter. They fought with their bare hands and even their teeth before at last they were overwhelmed. But this stand inspired the Greeks to rally and eventually they defeated the invading Persians. There are two memorials at Thermopylae today. The modern one was made in honor of the king of Spartans, Leonidas, who fell in this battle and it's inscribed his response to King Xerxes when he uh, demanded that the Spartans lay down their arms. This is what it says, come and get them. And the other one, which is the ancient one, has just a simple stone and on it are the words of the poet Zaonides. And it has become a famous warrior epithet from all of history. It says this, Go tell the Spartans, stranger passing by, that here, obedient to our laws, we lie. They took a stand. I don't know about you, but that kind of gives me a little goosebumps. They drew a line, and in doing so, they saved their empire. History has been made by those, maybe just one person, who would take a stand. I think I've got a picture here of a famous image of one guy who took a stand in front of, in, in Tiananmen Square, stood in front of the tanks, just decided, you know what, we need more freedom in our country, and he took a stand. This was a famous picture of one guy that did that. 
Then there's other famous stands. You know, you've got the men at the Alamo. You've got so many histories, uh, stories from history. Martin Luther and his nailing of the, the thesis on the, uh, the door of the church and on and on. I think about the six million Americans that were under arms during World War II. And they took a stand against tyranny. And these were not superhero type people. These were not, uh, as has been uh, propagated in the media, they were not all Captain America. Uh, they were, in fact, just regular Joes. They were just common people that worked in the factories and, uh, and uh, just regular people. But they took a stand. They took a stand in a war that cost an average of 220 American servicemen a day. Now, that's something we, we can't quite fathom, you know, in our world today. But it was very costly. One unit, the U.S. 8th Air Force in Europe, had 26,000 casualties alone, which was more than all the Marines in the Pacific. In fact, on one particular mission in 1943, 60 of these 8th Air Force B-17s were shot down. And that meant 600 empty bunks that night back in England. In 1942 and 43, it was statistically impossible for a bomber crew to complete a 25-mission tour, which meant they could go home. They couldn't do it because because they would get shot down. One-eighth Air Force pilot was noticed crawling out of his beat-up B-17, and, and it was shot up and just unbelievable. They couldn't imagine that it made it back. And he was quoted as saying, I may not be listed in who's who, but I'm listed in who's still standing. Amen. So... I've come to a conclusion in, in all my limited years of pastoring and preaching and planning a church and doing daughter works and trying to help counsel people through situations and now just working with church planners all around North America. I've come to one major conclusion. It's not so much that you're outstanding, but it's that you're still standing. There is power in just simply taking a stand. I believe something happens when you make up your mind. Multitude, multitudes in the valley of decision. But when you make up your mind, there is something that God says, that's somebody that I'm going to stand with. Amen. Somebody that will stand for truth. Somebody that will stand for righteousness and for goodness in an evil day, having done all to stand. There is power in taking a stand. I pastored in Nashville, Tennessee. We had some old boy that wrote a song, and he said, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Amen. And they tell me that if, you know, I realize where I'm at, and, and there are lots of bears, you know, in the area, and, and they, they say, in fact, I was talking to Brother Churchill last night, and he said, if you ever are faced with a bear, the worst thing you can do is run. I mean, that's your instinct, right? That's, that's what, you know, you feel like you want to do. A guy named Peter Allison was a safari guide in Botswana, Africa, and he says it's true in Africa as well. If you're faced by a lion, the worst thing you can do is run. He said this because on the safari, the, the only thing that runs is food. Food runs. Amen. Amen. You don't want to be food. The worst thing you can do 
And I guess that goes true for bears too. Amen. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And when you hear that loud roar and you feel that pressure, I believe one of the most spiritual things that you can do is just to stand. Stand when the enemy's roaring at you. Stand when you feel pressure to give in because everybody else is doing it. And if you're a teenager here today and you feel pressure, your kids at school are doing things that they ought not to be doing, or you're an adult here today and you're the only one in your family that's living for God, or you're a preacher here today and maybe you got some friends that are compromising the faith and leaving the truth, I'm telling you one of the most spiritual things that you can do is to make up your mind and to get some Holy Ghost boldness and God will stiffen your backbone and God will say, if you're going to stand for me, I will stand for you. There's power in taking a stand. Hallelujah. We can't stand because God will help us. We can stand in the face of the enemy. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Amen, amen. Power in just Digging in, making up your mind, and being steadfast. Everybody say steadfast. There's an old saying, the anvil outlasts the hammer. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. I'm telling you, I thank God for people who are steadfast. The Bible goes on to say unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I thank God for unmovable people. That's a problem in our world today. People won't take a stand for nothing. Have a bad day at work, I'll just find another job. If the choir sings off key, I'll just find another church. I don't want to live a holy, godly life. I'll just find another church. Amen. I'll just, maybe people don't want to live right in your mind. I'll just change my message. Amen. And I understand we can't fight over every hill. And I don't make me make disclaimers today. But I want to remind us that there are some things worth fighting for. And we better figure out what is right. And I'm telling you, holiness and righteousness and our apostolic doctrine is worth fighting for. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I'm going to take a stand for the truth. I want to take a stand for God. Even if I'm the only one in my family, if I'm the only one in my village, I will stand for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Because we are in an age. We are in a, there's a culture, an environment that just says, you know what? I don't have to put up with this. I don't, I, and, and we just, we don't take a stand for anything. That's part of the characteristics of the end time spirit. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4 and 1, the Spirit speak expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. That word seducing is planos from the Greek, and it means a wandering or a roving spirit, a spiritual vagabond. Amen. That's what the devil wants you to be is a spiritual vagabond. Somebody that when the pressure hits, you just give up. 
and, and you just let it go and you just, you know, or someone that's just never content. And so you're deceived into thinking that you can move on to something else or someone else or somewhere else or, you know, it's always something, you know, you're, you feel like success is just around the next corner. But in reality, amen, God can bless you right where you are. Amen. It's not a matter of location or, or job or situation. The devil wants to move you from, from your stand and he wants to push you back. And he knows that, that if he can move you from, from, from believing this and you'll give up on this, then all of a sudden it, it, it's, it becomes easier to push you the next line that, that you thought you had and, or the next conviction that you thought you believed. And, and before you know it, you're just a shell of what you used to be. But God is looking for somebody that will say, I believe this with all of my heart. I'm going to take a stand. Amen. The vagabond spirit wants you to run at the first sign of trouble. Wants you to go along with the crowd and just give up. Amen. And, but the Lord says, uh, I'm looking for somebody that will take a stand. I like the way Joshua said it when he said, listen, uh, you can do what you want to. But as for me and for my house, we will serve the Lord choose you this day. You got to make a stand. Amen. A double-minded man is unstable. You got to stand for the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to be like the man that is described in Psalms 1. Verse 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Listen. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Amen. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. And his leaf also does not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Then he contrasted. He said, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The ungodly shall not stand. Oh, but that man that's like a, that lights in the law of the Lord and he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the water. I don't want to be a spiritual tumbleweed that just blows with every wind of doctrine, tossed to and fro and amen and just not knowing what I believe. Amen. I, I want to believe that. God give us some men that will put roots in the word of God. That'll show up for prayer meeting. That'll show up for work day. That'll be the first ones. Uh, amen. To lift their hands uh, in worship. The first ones at the altar. Amen. That's the man I want to be. Leading my family in the things of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to take a stand. Praise God. Amen. We need some men in our day that won't be so overwhelmed with fear. Amen. That's the culture we're in today. Everybody's scared of everything. Scared we're not going to have nothing for retirement. Scared we're it's about the future. Scared about the economy. Scared about bears out in the woods. I don't know. Just Although I got to admit, I might be a little scared about that. But anyway, man, but if we're not careful, we can allow fear to grip us and darkness to rule us. But I think God is raising up some men and women in Alaska, Yukon, that'll say, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. 
Amen. I'm going to shine the light in the darkness. I'm not going to be afraid to stand for God in my community. You might be the only young lady in your school that looks apostolic, but I want to tell you something. When you walk in there, everybody admires you, and they really want to be like that, and they appreciate your stand for the Lord. Hallelujah. There's power in taking a stand. Power in standing for the Lord. Amen. We don't have to be afraid in our communities. Amen. Praise God. We can't change everything, but we can change some things. We can change ourselves. And it starts by just simply making up your mind. Now, I know God does a whole lot of stuff to us. He changes us and it works on us. But I'm telling you, you can do a whole lot by just simply making up your mind. Amen. I want to bring you three main points from our text here today. First of all, when you stand for God, your stand will be noticed. Amen. Daniel and the three Hebrew fellows, they wound up in Babylon. They were servants to Nebuchadnezzar the king when he besieged uh, Jerusalem. And these boys were in a godless home, given godless names, yet they took a stand. The first thing they did was they decided not to eat the king's meat. And the Bible says that their countenance was fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the king's meat. Praise God, there's hope for me yet. Amen. And then when you get to chapter 3 of of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar sets up this huge image of gold, tells everybody to worship it. He hires a band and tells everybody when you hear the sound of the cornet, and this is interesting, these, these instruments. Cornet, flute, and harp are wind instruments. So you blow into that with your mouth. Then the sackbut and psaltery are string instruments that you play with your fingers. And then the dulcimer is a percussion instrument that you beat on. So the moral, the only thing I can get out of this is we got to be careful when the call to worship comes from godless people mouthing off, pulling your strings, or beating their drums. Amen. Praise God. Amen. But I'll tell you what, when you get to camp meeting in Alaska, Yukon, and they start worshiping the Lord, that's, that's the time to worship. Amen. That's, it didn't take but one song this morning. And we knew, oh, this is the right place. I feel the Lord in this house today. Then it's time to worship. Praise God. We don't, we don't have to march to the tune of the world. We don't have to march in cadence with the world. When I was in the military, it was always up, there, three, four, left, right, left, right, because you kept in step. And that's what some of us allow the world to dictate to us. Left, right, listen, don't listen to your pastor. Left, right, don't go to church. Look, everybody's looking at your worship. Uh, don't stand out in the crowd. Uh, don't live for God. Listen, how about we plug into the Lord and take a stand, amen, and say, God, I love you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to do everything that you want me to do in the name of Jesus. And when you do, God will show up with you in the fire. Oh, oh I'm supposed to be teaching. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. When you take a stand, people will notice. 
people will notice. And then you got these people that just can't wait to go tell. Bible says in verse 8, there were certain Chaldeans. I mean, like the king couldn't see everybody else kneeling down, but these three. Like the little kids in school. Ah, teacher, he hit me. You know, if they go run into King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, kids used to say, shamey, shamey, you know. I can just see them run, run into Nebuchadnezzar. Shamey, shamey. Everyone knows your Babylonian namey. You know, that kind of thing. You just got to love those people. But what happens is you put people under conviction when you take a stand. But they need you to stand. Not for arrogance sake, but you become a benchmark of righteousness. A marker that can show them the way home. The Bible says a city... That is set on a hill that cannot be hid. You are the light in this dark world. So just keep on shining. Amen. Keep on shining. While everybody else was standing down, they just kept standing. Now notice, they took a position and they were noticed simply by maintaining the same position that they had always held. It was everybody else that bowed down. They just kept believing what they still believed. I'm going to tell you, listen, it's just like clothes. You know, they go in and out of style. I wish I had kept some of the old clothes in my closet that I threw away because they went out of style because now, you know, they're back in style. You just keep on hanging on to what you believe because sooner or later somebody's going to have a bad diagnosis from the doctor and you know who they're going to call? They're going to call you. Sooner or later, somebody's going to realize, man, they really had a hold of something. I think maybe I need to talk to them and get a Bible study. Sooner or later, somebody is going to see and understand. And why? Because you took a stand. Don't throw it away. People are always telling you to stand down. That's a military term. It means to relax. It's, it means that it's time to go on some R&R. You know, it's time to, uh, you know, chill out. Amen. We are constantly, constantly hearing that from the world. Stand down on your beliefs. Stand down on your lifestyle. Stand down on the rights of the unborn. Stand down on the way you dress. Stand down on the way you worship and, and on your evangelism. Don't get so excited. But can I tell you that standing down leads to laying down. It's not time to stand down. It's time to stand up. It's time to be counted. It's time to reach our world. It's not time that we throw away our lifestyle. I believe it's time that we take a stand amen praise God I was fortunate in my life to have an example of a man that just took a stand my family the Armstrongs they're a rough bunch they uh, I have a long list of alcoholics and drug dealers and druggies in my family um, in Murfreesboro Tennessee I, when I first started my jail ministry there, I had an uncle that was in the jail, which was not a bad thing at the time. Uh, I could kind of preach with a little more authority that way. But anyway, <clears throat> um, but it was my, my dad's two stepbrothers that were a couple of the biggest drug dealers in Murfreesboro. They had died at a young age. All of my dad's brothers, um, or not brothers, he didn't have any brothers, but all of his, his dad's brothers 
like 14 brothers and sisters. All of them had been in and out of jail. All of them had struggled with alcohol. And all of this, you know, these cycles that are in your family that just seem to uh, sometimes perpetuate generation after generation. By all rights, my dad should have been the same way. And he was on his way to be an alcoholic. They tell me that when I was just a little kid, um, I went into the little trailer that we had and opened up the fridge door, grabbed a Budweiser out of the fridge, walked into the living room and said, I want one of these like Dada. And when I said that, something clicked in his heart. He said, you know what? He's going to be just like me, just like I was going to be, just like all the rest of my family. And eventually, through a long story I don't have time to talk about today, but my dad made his way to church, and, and God led us. I mentioned a little bit of it yesterday. May, uh, led him to the truth, and eventually my dad was baptized in Jesus' name, and eventually my dad received the Holy Ghost, and, and my dad raised me in church and my brother in church. And let me tell you something. Today, instead of him being an alcoholic and his children, by all rights, I should be in jail somewhere today. I should be a drug addict or selling drugs by all rights. But instead of that, I'm preaching to you here today. And listen to this. My brother's preaching. And listen to this. My son is preaching the gospel. You know why? He changed the legacy of our family. My dad doesn't have a high school education. My dad has never preached a message in his life. But my dad took a stand and said, we're going to walk away from tradition. And we're going to walk in the light of the gospel as we see it. And we're going to change our family history. I'm here to tell you today, there is power in taking a stand. You might say, well, I'm not a preacher. I don't... I don't care what you are. You have the power to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You have the power to choose. I got two more points. I better get on. Amen. When you stand for God, your stand will get noticed. Number two, when you stand for God, your stand will be tested. It'll be tested. The Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar got mad. He brought in the boys and said, listen, fellas, didn't you hear the band? Maybe you had your ear pods in. You didn't hear it. I'm going to give you another chance. You know, are you going to stand down on this issue? Verse 16 said, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God is able to deliver us, and he will deliver us. But if not, be it known to thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. You see, it's easy to stand if you know the outcome. But can you say, God, if you don't deliver me, I'm still going to stand on the word. I'm still not going to bow. I'm still not going to give in. You know what I think is the key to this whole story is the fact that that is what got them through the fire is that they made up their mind ahead of time. And I believe that's the only thing that will get you through the fire is for you to develop a if God don't deliver me kind of attitude. You need to develop a if God 
don't fix my problem, I will still serve him. Amen. We need to develop a, if God don't heal me, I still believe in divine healing. We need to develop a, if God don't send revival exactly when I think, I'm still going to believe and work and show up, amen, and do all I need to do. Job said it like this, though God slay me, yet will I serve him. I made up my mind. My foot's on the rock and my mind's made up. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, amen. Praise God. We need people that will say, I'm going to serve God no matter what. That's what gives us the courage to fight the good fight of faith. You say, well, that sounds like a good, you know, rah-rah speech, like a good, maybe just hype, or that's a good halftime locker room speech when you're down by 20 points. But in reality... It's more than that because there's power. When you take a stand, even if it's on shaky legs, there's a strengthening that comes to you. There is something about the position of standing that says, I'm braced for the fight. You can't fight sitting down. Girls fight sitting down. You can't, you can't fight sitting down. You got to stand up, get braced, get ready. Amen. No offense to all the ladies today. You should have men fighting for you. That's what I'm trying to say. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. The proper posture when we're tested is to stand. The Bible says we can stand firm, stand guard, stand alone, stand against, stand before, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand upon, stand in the gap, stand fast. And then he says, and having done all to stand. Ephesians 6, 13. Having done all to stand. Then verse 14, which I didn't read earlier, says, stand therefore. Now that therefore is there for a purpose. It's referring back to verse 12. We stand because of the wiles of the devil. We stand because there. Therefore, because of the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places, because of all these things, we stand. And then the scripture goes on to say, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Why did I read that? Because it tells me that if you will just take a stand, God will bring the supply wagons. God will equip you with everything that you need. So you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have, what you have to do is make up your mind and say, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be in the house of God every time the doors are open. I referred to my dad a while ago. I remember one time, and my mom would probably shoot me if she knew what I was telling this story. Amen. But. She knows it's the truth. But one time, they were, you know, they, it was kind of one of those Sunday mornings, chaos. I know y'all never have one of those in y'all's house. You know, yet me and my brother, we'd probably been fighting. We, I had no telling what we had done. And so it was just one of them mornings. And, and uh, we, uh, we, me and my brother were actually, uh, we'd run around outside, I think, getting ready to go to church. And my dad pulls up and kind of was in the car. My mom was uh, actually, she was in the front seat and pulls up and, it says, jump in, we're going to church. And uh, my mom opens the door says, I'm not going. 
I could tell this is very unusual. There's something going on here. And my dad just said, well, that's between you and God, but I'm taking these boys to church. And to my mom's credit, she swallowed some pride, got in the car, and went on that. She's probably mad about it, but she went on to church. Amen. Praise God. I'm so glad that we've got people that say, you know what, I know we don't feel like it. I, I know I, emotionally I'm not right there, but I've got a duty that I'm going to fulfill. I'm going to take a stand, and I'm going to live for God. Hallelujah. There's great power in living for God. You may not be able to sing in the choir. You may not be able to do all the wonderful things that I'm so thankful that people can do. I, you know, I, I, can't, I can't play. I can't sing. But I can decide what I'm going to do. I can make a choice. I can be a leader by example. We can all do that. And there's power in that. And you're going to be tested on that stand. You're going to be tested. But if you'll stand, God will supply you with the armor. He will give you what you need. My third and last point today. When you stand for God, your God will stand for you. Amen. They put these boys in the fire. The Bible says, actually, verse 22, that the flames of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And verse 23 says, These three men, they fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Imagine this. They were bound and they fell down. They had to be laying down just, you know, because they were bound up. And Nebuchadnezzar, king, was astonished, rose up in haste and said to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men. And they ain't laying down. Then they're loose, they're standing, and, they're, and the fourth looks like the son of man. Amen. The fourth He's got a different look about it. Praise God. Who let this fourth man, who let the fourth man out? Praise God. Amen. And so he looked in there and he said, I see them. They're walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth, it's like the son of God. So I want you to notice that the fire was so hot, they fell down. They were bound. But when the fourth man showed up, they stood up. You know why they stood up? Because they had already stood up before they were ever thrown in the fire. And they didn't even smell like smoke. And here's why. Because if you take a stand for God, your God will take a stand for you, even if it's in the burning, fiery furnace. I'm here to tell you, if you'll stop running, if you will just stop being afraid, if you will just settle the issue, if you will just make up your mind and take a stand, you will look around, even in the midst of the fiery furnace, and you'll discover the judge of all the earth, the almighty God, is right there beside of you. If you'll stand for him, he won't let the fire hurt you. He won't let the smell of smoke be on you. Amen. The only thing the fire did to them was to burn off what had them bound. Amen. When God shows up and when he stands up, he's going to loose you and he's going to help you. I'm here to tell you the battle you're in is worth fighting. And you don't have to worry about victory. He's already won. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. And that's a big difference. We can fight with confidence. We can take a stand knowing that my big brother is right behind me. Oh, bully. Hallelujah. And he's going to fight for me. 
Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Amen. 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 Paul, Paul even went through this in, in uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. He said in verse 10, he said, Demas hath forsaken me. He, he said, he's gone, having loved this present world. And, and then he said, Crescens is gone to Galatia. Then he said, Titus is in Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. And he goes down to verse 16, and he says, At first answer, no man stood with me. You ever felt like that? Nobody's with you. Nobody's standing beside you. Nobody's on your side. He said, oh, this is Paul, the apostle Paul. He said, all men forsook me. And then verse you know, he's kind of having a little bit of a pity party, I think. You know, just kind of listing all of the things, all the people that didn't stand with him and so forth. But then he gets down to verse 17. And I think he comes to his senses and he said, you know what? Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. Amen. And then he said, and he strengthened me. And then he said, you know, further, and that by me the preaching might be fully known and that the Gentiles might be might hear. And then he said, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Then verse 18, he's really thinking about it now. And he says, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. Amen. You know what he was doing? He finally just was, he was counting off all the people that didn't stand with him. But when he started to think about the Lord standing with him, he realized, Brother Bradbury, it don't matter who don't stand with me as long as God is standing with me. I'm here to tell you, it don't matter who doesn't stand with you. It doesn't matter who comes against you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. If the Lord stands with you, he's got the power to heal. He's got the power to deliver. He's got the power to grow our churches and to reach the world. Amen. Praise God. It's kind of like me and my brother. I mentioned earlier, we used to get into it. We'd fight and scuffle. And I remember daddy saying, boys, he'd be in that, you know, recliner, that lazy chair, you know. And, uh, and uh, he'd say, y'all stop. And of course, we didn't. And just kept on, you know. And finally, he had to stand up. And we knew when we heard that recliner and then feet hit the ground and we heard that belt. All of a sudden it got our attention because daddy was standing up. I want you to know I feel like the Lord is about to stand up for some here today in this place. And when he stands up, the devils scurry off. They have to run away. Disease says, uh-oh, I'm in trouble now. Hallelujah. That big old mountain that you're so fearful of, it can't stand in the presence of the Lord. When you stand for him, he will stand for you. Because when God stands, he can take care of your bullies. When God stands for you, he can take care of your sickness. When God stands for you, he can take care of your trouble. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. Why don't we stand right now, amen, and symbolic of saying, God, I'm making a stand. I'm standing for you, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord's strengthening somebody here today. Somebody's been shaky. Somebody's been scared. I feel like the Lord's going to strengthen you today. Give you strength in your legs. Strengthen your backbone. Strengthen your spirit. Amen. Maybe you've been fighting some things in your family. Amen. I feel help coming to somebody today. 
I believe God's going to strengthen you today. He's going to strengthen your stand. Hallelujah. 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 I know it's early in the morning. I understand we're just now waking up. Amen. But I feel God speaking to us through the word here this morning. Amen. I feel somebody that's been fighting. Amen. I want you to know if you will just stand, God will fight for you. God will set ambushments against the enemy. God will go before you. He will go behind you. He will go beside you. Amen. You've been feeling like you've been pushed around. But your father's standing up today. He's standing up today. He's standing for you today. Why don't you come? Hallelujah. Why don't you come right now? Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, why don't you come in commitment to the Lord this morning? In the name of Jesus. Lord, I take a stand for you. If you stand for him, he will stand for you. He will stand for you. He will stand for you. Oh, God, give us strength today. Give us strength today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Honor these precious people that are standing in their towns, in their villages, in their families, even against tradition, even against the things that's happened in their family.